truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here. Live and on demand on The Blaze. We're The Steve Dace Show. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, We have a jam-packed show coming up uh, today. Uh, At the bottom of the hour, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be taking us inside politics. Send me a note before we went on the air. Just I need to give you a heads up, he said. I'm totally out of control right now. Excellent. That's what I said last week. (laughs) I'm like, tell me more. Uh, also, hold over from last week. Uh, we are expecting to connect uh, with a friend of the program, friend of mine, Congressman uh, Chip Roy, coming up in the next hour. And it is Wednesday, of course. So we'll play our weekly game of buy, seller, hold. Speaking of regular games, it's becoming a daily game now. What will come out about uh, big tech targeting uh, anybody to the right of Hillary Clinton politically. Yesterday, the story is now uh, Google Docs uh, are labeling uh, conservative Jews as uh, dog whistles for Nazis. Guessing that'll be in Aaron's montage here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Apple is already trying to snuff out any potential competitor uh, to Twitter, uh, like this uh, Parler app, and telling them, hey, unless you abide by what we think is acceptable speech around here, we're not going to list you. Uh, in the iTunes store. And you know, what's funny is I'm sitting on an email. I just haven't responded to it yet because it's going to take some time from a guy telling me that uh, the stuff we're predicting is going to happen with social media is never going to happen. And one of the things he predicted is that like they're never going to deny apps. That's awkward. Yeah, it's almost not quite Elizabeth Warren awkward, but it is awkward nonetheless. This is why you want to get this new report from our friends at Swiss America called The Secret War because they they study these sorts of geopolitical and socioeconomic trends. And when they see companies like the aforementioned Google, probably the most powerful company on this planet right now, working with our number one economic rival, China, to create a social credit system right out of a literal black mirror episode. And if you're thinking that can't happen here, I think I've told you this before. My former home state of Michigan is trying to lower its some of the worst in the nation auto insurance rates. And one of the new reforms there, the newly elected Democratic governor just signed into law, is tying your auto insurance rate to your credit score. That is a proto version of what China and Google are conspiring together to create right now. If you want to learn more about the secret war, 1-800-289-2646 is the number to Swiss America. They'll give it to you for free. 1-800-289-2646 or just visit their website. Get it free there as well at SwissAmerica.com. Again, that's SwissAmerica.com. And now here is Aaron with what's happened while we were away. What happened while we were away on the border? So that is our direct message to the families in Central America. Do not send your children to the borders. If they do make it, 
they'll get sent back. Oh, the good old days. The crisis has continued unabated despite efforts in recent weeks to get both Democrats and Republicans to come together in both chambers of Congress to solve immigration loopholes and provide humanitarian support. The fruits of those efforts is legislation of which Congressman Chip Roy of Texas says we're not talking about the actual problem. So when we're talking about the facilities that need to have more supplies and more dollars for support, I agree. I don't think anybody in this room disagrees at all. But nothing we are going to do today is going to actually solve the problem. Add on to this, Mexico's president confirming reports that the U.S. had warned them ISIS suspects were heading through Mexico to the U.S. border, though those suspects have indeed been detained. Meanwhile, in the United States, employees of the online home goods company Wayfair are planning a walkout of their jobs to protest the company's plan to sell $200,000 worth of bedroom furniture to be used at illegal alien detention facilities. Governor and presidential candidate Jay Inslee talked about what he would do to solve the problem if elected. We will also importantly confront the causes of this immigration, one of which is we have climate refugees now because the climate crisis is making Central America uninhabitable for large parts of people. Too bad the Dems in Congress won't do anything at all about border security. Too bad the Homeland Security Secretary, the one suspected of leaking details about the ICE raids, is a Democratic donor. Moving on, two U.S. soldiers were killed in Afghanistan today. The Taliban is taking credit for what they called an ambush attack. A new document from Google leaked to Project Veritas shows the company describing Ben Shapiro, Dennis Prager, and Jordan Peterson as quote-unquote Nazis. YouTube, a property of Google, responded by saying, quote, We've had a lot of questions today, clarifying we apply our policies fairly and without political bias. All creators are held to the same standard. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. John Matzi, the founder of the alternative social media website Parler, announced yesterday that Apple had contacted him recently demanding his website censor quote-unquote offensive content on his website. If they don't, Apple says they'll no longer allow the social media site to provide updates to their app. Stephanie Grisham, the former spokeswoman for First Lady Melania Trump, was announced yesterday as the successor to White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders. An update on the Women's World Cup, courtesy of USA superstar Megan Rapinoe. Are you excited about um, going to the White House? I'm not going to the White House. No, I'm not going to the White House. Behold, the likely next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson. What do you do to relax? What do you do to switch off? Uh, I... I, well, I like to paint, um, or I make things. I like to... What do you make? I make... I have a thing where I make models of... I mean, when I was in like, well, Mayor of London, we build a beautiful... I make buses. You make models of buses? I make models of buses. So they're going to be in so, so what I do... No, what I do make models of buses, what I, I make is... I get, I get old... Um, I don't know, wooden crates. Yeah. Right? And then I paint them. And they, and they have two, two I suppose it's a, wine, it's a box that's been used to contain two, two wine bottles, right? Right. And it will have a, 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 a 
The NRA has ceased production of live streaming content for NRA TV. That announcement comes with news it's ceasing its decades-long partnership with its advertising firm, Ackerman McQueen, after a myriad of lawsuits between the organizations has put the well-being of the gun rights lobbying group in doubt. And finally, epic music battles of history, starting with Attorney General Bill Barr. He'll be taking on lip-syncing Elon Omar. She's never satisfied. Satisfied. Why we scream? And that's what happened while we were away. We're very serious here, Steve. Very serious country. You did answer a question that has been bothering me for quite some time. Did I? How, how did the United Kingdom get to the brink of being overrun by Islamists? So I can check the box on that. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate yep, it. Yep. Uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by friends, fittingly so, at WaxRx. Do you have itchy ears? Oh. Then you are legion. Oh, that's, a, that's another form of, uh, of, of itching ears. I mean, like if you have like ear pain, like an ear infection or wax in the ears, things of that nature. Uh, if these problems sound familiar, you could be like millions of Americans forced to visit the doctor for a professional ear cleaning. But now you get the exact same results that you can DIY it in the comfort and convenience of your own home with our friends at WaxRx. It's a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes ear wax, build up, and then soothes the ear with a pH-conditioned formula. You can also get WaxRx now without a prescription, too. So if you want to give it a shot, here's all you need to do. Go to the website, usewaxrx.com. That's usewaxrx.com. And when you go to check out, uh, use uh, offer code radio to get free shipping. Offer code radio at checkout to get free shipping. So no prescription, risk-free, free shipping. Not much more we can do other than just give this away. And we're capitalists here, so we're not doing that. Okay, so uh, offer code radio at checkout for free shipping at usewaxrx.com. So we had the whole conversation yesterday about Ilan Omar. Do you know in, in the countries where her worldview reigns supreme, she could get executed in many of them for, for, for that video. And I'm, that's not hyperbole, straight up. In fact, in, 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 even in many of the <coughs> moderate Arab nations there it is take a drink thank you uh you yeah she she would she'd be facing some kind of legal inquiry for a video like that as a woman and given the music although good choice in music i have to give there i'm gonna you know what day man give the devil his due i mean it's, a, it's one of the great albums of all time is the uh, purple rain soundtrack but it, this reminds me of a conversation i had early in my radio career there was a guy na- that went by an assumed name and, and the reason why is he was a Christian convert in Nigeria that was now operating underground churches in Nigeria and was an underground evangelist. And he was, you know, essentially attempting to infiltrate um, Islamic enclaves within that, his native country with the gospel. And so, you know, he would travel around the world to raise awareness for his cause, funds for his ministry, but everything had to be under an assumed name because he was under a constant set of death threats. And he passed away a few years ago. Um, and he told me a story once about how he was, um, he, went, he was at a birthday party that was held after midnight for a very liberal member of the faculty at uh, the largest university in Nigeria. 
and he was having a Sweet 16 American-style birthday party for his daughter. And so this thing had to be held after midnight when, I mean, they, they could get away with it, essentially, under the cover of darkness because local authorities would, uh, would, would say, uh, uh, this is not the will of Allah. And so these 16-year-olds are smoking cigarettes, listening to American rock music. Basically, this, this professor, very liberal professor at this Muslim university in Nigeria, has turned his home into a club for his teenage daughter and her friends. And he goes into my, my, my former buddy here, who's passed away, uh, he went into the bathroom uh, to, u- to use the facility. And there is like a shrine in the bathroom to Osama bin Laden. And my buddy, the assumed name he went by was Umar, pretty common name in that part of the world. Okay. And Umar was shocked given what's going on out in the rest of the house that there's this shrine to Osama bin Laden over the toilet in this guy's bathroom. And he goes out after using the, after using the restroom, he goes and finds this gentleman and he says, what is up? with the shrine to Osama bin Laden in your restroom. Do you know, now this is before he was, uh, he was killed, so he was still alive at the time, Osama was. And uh, he said, do you know that if, Os- if, if, if bin Laden were here right now, witnessing what you are hosting in your home, which you are permitting your daughters to engage in, do you know he would have every single one of you killed right here where you stand for this? And this very liberal, secular professor who, you know, probably the last time he showed up for a Friday church service at a mosque was the last time any of the three of us went, basically, you know, um, looked at him and said, yeah, you're right. But he's also stopping the Americans from stealing all of our oil and natural resources. And so we honor him for that. Just a, a complete, like, cognitive dissonance level of disconnect between the left and the right side of the hemispheres of the brain there. And I hadn't thought about that story in a long time. (laughs) And just watching her dance there and lip sync to uh, When Doves Cry by uh, by the late great prince brought that story to mind because there's a disconnect there. Because many of the sympathies that she shows would show her no sympathy for behavior like that. But I want to get to what is, what's the big issue going on right now? And, you know, last week we learned that apparently we had a racist vice president for eight years under Obama. We apparently did not know this and we are now learning this. And now I guess today we're learning stuff to keep up with the Democrats evolving standards. Uh, Today we are learning that Barack Obama was anti-immigrant because between his pleas that Aaron pulled out from the file tape, you're going to be turned back. Don't come to this country. Can you only imagine the chess grabbing that would be occurring right now on the floor of the Democratic House if Donald Trump went on Fox News and said, Mamas, tell your children not to come here. We're going to turn them back. Oh, the casualty count would be high. All right. Well, our friendship, Roy, who is slated to be with us later on the show today, put forth an amendment to this fake bill that they're debating right now. And, and the amendment is exactly the immigration policy 
to shut down the flood of the border, which is nothing compared to, I remember doing shows when we had the flood of the border in the Obama years. And when Ted Cruz and Glenn Beck went down there to give the kids water and soccer balls, and there was a meltdown. All right. You guys, were you guys working? I don't think you guys were working here yet. Don't think so. I remember that, but I wasn't working. Yeah. Jen and Rebecca, I think we're still here. I remember doing those shows. And it was just a meltdown about what was going on at the border. And we thought it was a meltdown. That was the biggest meltdown we'd witnessed. It's, it's, it's 9 a.m. compared to what's going on right now. And, uh, even, and at that time, Barack Obama you know, tried to get some legislation passed with Republican leadership that would shut this down. Our friendship, Roy, put forth an amendment to the fake bill that they're debating right now that is the exact wording and funding that Barack Obama advocated during the last time we had this, which is nothing compared to what we have now. And all the Democrats voted against it. Now, some of you are going to point out to me, well, Steve, Republicans don't care either. Because they, they had total control of government for two years and they could have shut this down. And you're correct about that too. I'm getting a lot of questions about why won't they stop this? Why is this going on? Now, I've not done nearly the work level of depth of work and scholarship on this topic that our first guest today at the bottom of the hour, Daniel Horowitz, has done. This, this is Daniel's pro-life issue. Not that he's not pro-life, but I mean, this is the one where he has, he, could, he can sit in a room with just about any conservative you know and compare uh, portfolios on who has done the most work and scholarship on this issue. But I have done my fair share. Some of it, learning from him. And I used to ask a lot of the same questions many of you are asking me now. I'm going to answer your questions because they all have the same answer. You will not like the answer. It won't make it any less true. But before I answer your question, never forget this. We are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. Okay? Some of you that have been with us uh, for a long time, you've heard me talk about this before, but I think... We probably can't reset this enough because if you want to know why this issue is so radioactive, if you want to know why you've got Clintonista Mickey Cantor out there working with Daniel Horowitz on the immigration issue, why? Because he's tired of watching, you know, union labor causes that he's been a part of his entire political career get absolutely shafted and thrown under the bus for cheap migrant labor. That's why. This is an issue like Common Core a few years ago created some strange political bedfellows. If you want to know how Donald Trump went from a guy that in, on June 15th, 2015, was polling about where um, uh, Eric Swellwell is right now in the Democratic primary, straight up. And in the span of 16 months, was then elected president of the United States. I mean, if I told you right now Eric Swellwell was going to be president of the United States in 2020, could you contemplate any scenario? Any scenario? Short of like an airborne contagion that takes out every last other eligible candidate. Could you contemplate a legitimate scenario where Eric Swellwell is taking the oath of office on January of 2021? No, you could not. 
That's about what Donald Trump's polling profile was in June of 2015. 16 months later, he's elected president of the United States. And this issue is the number one reason why. Let me explain to you why that's the case. It's because no other issue more vividly and blatantly exposes the realities of the unibrow system, as our friend Shannon Joy once dubbed it. This issue does. This issue, there's, there's a reason why when Marco Rubio wanted to get in bed with the Gang of Eight, him and his political allies were attacking the Heritage Foundation and other people at the time for opposing that. Because we couldn't let the cat out of the bag. It's a little bit like what you said about yesterday, Todd, the, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, when Ilan Omar's people are openly saying, we control what they write. They, they can't let it be that obvious. Otherwise, the whole scam is up. They, so they've, they've got to do, they got to pretend to do some journalism now because everybody sees the emperor's not wearing clothes, right? Correct. And so the same thing is true with this issue too. Because I used to buy into like, you want to know why I started researching this issue? It's because I used to like buy into these things of, well, you know, we're going to lose the Hispanic vote. I, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should like research some of these things first. Like, did you know the percentage of Hispanic turnout was lower in 2016 than it was in 2012? True story. Yeah. Think about it. That ought to blow your mind, right? Given all the incendiary things Donald Trump said. <laughs> right? But it's true. Yeah. So like literally everything, you've never been lied to more about an issue than you have been this one. I can promise you that. Because everybody, everybody's in on this lie. And that's saying something. That is it. saying, you have not been lied to more on an issue than you have been on this one. Because everybody's in on this one. Democrats have told worse lies on issues than they have on immigration. Republicans have never told worse lies on an issue than they have on this one. So you combine the you know, cosmic level of lying the Republicans do with the boilerplate lying Democrats do. And you have never been collectively more lied to on an issue than you have been on this one. All the greatest lies. Yes. And here's why. Both sides want open borders, albeit for different reasons. The Republicans are corporatist whores with the exception being a few names. All of them are names you would know because there's like nine. Okay. So the Republicans are corporatist whores and they want the cheap labor. That's what their sugar daddies want. The Democrats are victimology pimps. And they want, they want a voter drive of people they can manipulate. Well, Steve, these people come from and they're hardworking. This isn't 1909, folks. It's 2019. And these are people coming from, from largely from Latin American countries where Christianity has been fused with a heresy known as liberation theology. And so what happens is these countries, because of their liberation theology, create their own welfare states. They don't have the market-based economy, the tax base. They, they, don't have the, they don't have what we have, where we can at least keep printing phony money for our welfare state and going trillions of dollars in debt while having the most millionaires and billionaires on the planet. They don't have that, in, that wherewithal. So they collapse. So they leave countries that, that can't take care of them cradle from grave, which is what they've been conditioned government is to do, and they come here. We could eliminate the, most of this problem. I, I really don't like oversimplifying things. Because most of the time, your oversimplifications are wrong. 
But much of this problem would be eliminated in three, three steps that are really simple if you only had the political will. Number one, no welfare state benefits to any non-citizens, period, unless it's a life or death situation. Anything short of a life or death situation, no welfare state benefits to any non-citizens, period. Cut off the supply. Number two, punitive. And when I say punitive, I mean punitive punishments for repeat corporate offenders after we install a real E-Verify system. Third, we create a new class, permanent guest worker class. So if you want to come across from Mexico to California to do lawn work or whatever it is the Hollywood celebrities say are the jobs Americans won't do, or a border state like a Texas, like though there should never be a permanent migrant status to work in Iowa. How many, how many states and jobs do you go through to work the meatpacking plants in Iowa? That's why you first need number two, the E-Verify with the punitive punishment, because corporations want chattel. They don't want human beings. They want a guy that if he cuts off his arm in a, in a saw, slicing your bologna, they just send him back across the border as subhuman and bring in the next indentured servant. That's what they want. I'm sorry if you're a longtime Team GOP guys, but corporations are sinners too, not just people that work in government. So you need to do those three things, and in that order, it's a permanent guest worker status. You're not a citizen. You can't vote. But if you have proven employment, you have money you want to send back home to your country, okay. Do you know what would happen? And everybody else, everybody else is deported. And many of them would just leave on their own. It's funny, the only smart thing, really, that Romney said the entire 2012 campaign is what he got panned for the most when he talked about cutting off benefits for illegals would create self-deportation. He got mocked for that. And then, of course, he went true in Mitt Romney fashion, went on with Jorge Ramos on Univision the month or two before the election, totally take back everything he said when he was trying to be severely conservative in the primary. But that was actually the smartest damn thing he said the whole campaign because he's exactly right. That's supply and demand. That's the oldest economic theory out there. It's the pick and roll of economic theories. Cut off the supply of what's driving people here. Folks are not coming here. They're coming here either because they're criminals or they're coming here because we have a welfare state and or a job their country doesn't supply. Those are the only three reasons. Only three. So you get rid of the criminals. No quarter to you. We cut off the welfare state benefits that we can't afford for our own people anyway. And then if you've got a proven job, and if we've, it's on us, we let you live here for 20 years. We're not going to sit around and just start taking families with kids and, and acting like we're barbarians. But if you've got proven employment, fine, but you, you can't vote. You're not a citizen. You have a permanent guest worker status. Pay taxes on your income because your job is here in the United States, but you're not a U.S. citizen. This problem would all but go away with just those three steps. Why don't we do them? Because your interests and my interests don't matter to these political parties. Their vested interests do. That's why. Because we're not a nation of laws. We never have been. We're a nation of political will, and we always will be. Todd and Aaron, your thoughts really quick. 
Really quick, it's uh, that's a hopeless pit in the stomach. You, you, you realize, and we have this talk on the air and off the air every once in a while about, you know, who are there ears to hear? That's what really you're talking about. Uh, and the, the simple fact of the matter is that we are, we are a post-rational uh, uh, society, and therefore the arguments we're making... Yeah, well, you're not trying to build like some crazy Rube Goldberg machine. Nope. You're keeping it pretty simple. It just won't happen. Yeah, I mean the the farm where the illegal alien who killed Molly Tibbetts here in Iowa last year, the, the, the farm where he worked did not use E-Verify. The owner of the farm, the two brothers, uh, big GOP donors, of course. Sure, they uh, are. I, I would like to know, and I don't know this. I would like to know: uh, Are they using E-Verify yet? Um. The answer to that question is, uh, I mean, maybe they are, but I haven't heard any stories. I haven't read any stories. I was just looking it up while you were talking, trying to figure out if they started implementing it, E-Verify. No, that's, that's the point here. It's that th- this stuff happens. This, this kind of thing happens where our own citizens are getting hurt and nothing. No, no we're going to walk out of uh, our employer's office, Wayfair, uh, because we don't like that you're we don't for some reason we don't like that you're selling beds to illegal aliens so they can sleep on something other than the floor. Todd is absolutely right. There are no ears to hear, eyes to see on this issue whatsoever, which goes back to what you said at the very beginning. We are a nation of political wills right now. We either don't care or we really just um have no absolutely no idea what we're doing somebody asked me yesterday what's the solution to this well the solution is you have to get a chief executive elected who believes in your interest and not the systems and so many of you thought you were getting that in donald trump but unless he's willing to actually uh put some bite with the bark we're just sloganeering here but we'll talk to daniel horowitz about that here when we go inside politics when we come back right here live and on demand on the blaze stay tuned Hey, if you're thinking of replacing those carpets this summer, you did the spring cleaning, you tried, and you just couldn't get those pet stains out. You're like, you know what? I got to bite the bullet. Major expense. Before you do that, yeah, because it is a major expense. Unless you can lay your own carpet because you got to throw the padding and everything else in. By the way, make sure when you get that carpeting quote, they're including the padding in there because that's really where the stains go because you can feel like you vacuumed your carpet and you look at it from the outside and it looks okay, but why does it still smell bad? Because of the padding, right? That's why you want to give Genesis 950 a try. It's antibacterial component. Removes pet stains and odors because it gets down into that padding and breaks it down where they're the most stubborn. And it's also safe for kids and pets. You can even put it in your own personal carpet cleaning machine if you want to try it that way. Heck, you can use this to clean just about anything. You can do the nice stuff, the quartz uh, and the granite in the kitchen and the bathroom. You can do the really pesky stuff, the the grease stains on the, on the you know on the concrete floor in the garage. But where where it really shines is getting the pet stains out of the carpet. Try Genesis 950 today. Uh, and if you use uh, the discount code BLAZE, they'll give you a discount when you go for the checkout as well. At Genesis950.com, discount code BLAZE. Genesis950.com. Let's bring him in. And again, he's warning us he's out of control. He is our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our wild and crazy guy. Daniel Horowitz is here taking us inside politics. How are you, my friend? Other than out of control, how are you? What can I tell you, Steve? These are the times that try men's souls, you know, uh, 
July 4th week can't come soon enough. Well, let me just tee it up for you. And just, I, I want our audience to get a taste of some of the things that you have been writing about and sharing on social media um, as, as they fiddle while Rome burns up there on Capitol Hill. What, what is the true situation at the border? The stories you've been covering, illegal aliens that are released after nine months by sanctuary cities that are, are raping the same disabled woman twice. I mean, you've been documenting some of this stuff. Share some of it with our audience, if you would. You know, Chuck Schumer just put an easel of two dead bodies in the Rio Grande River as if it's a policy punchline, as if there's something we could do about one to two billion people living in dire conditions around the world, making a trek, killed by the cartels, drowning in the river. Actually, there is something we could do. We could shut it off and turn people back and it won't happen. But I was thinking to myself, if Republicans – if we had a party that operated like the Democrats do – we could fill the Senate floor, the area of the room, and then the volume of it from the floor to the ceiling with easels of Americans killed by illegals, and we wouldn't even make a dent in it. See, or illegals or criminal aliens, criminal legal immigrants that we didn't properly vet and we had an opportunity to deport. Let me explain something for people, and I, I just did a podcast on this, so that's why I'm a little bit hoarse because I was screaming my head off. So I got some of my out-of-control uh, uh, demeanor out on the show, so maybe Dang I'll be a little calmer here. See, Don't you, do you, that next time. <laughs> I expended it all there. I'm just, I'm just exhausted. But, he, but he, here, here's the deal. To be pro-life through the prism of public policy, not virtue signaling, not signaling without a virtue, but through things that what could you do that is in your power that's logistically viable? There is no greater pro-life position than enforcing immigration law. The beauty of immigration law is it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter your country of origin, your color. Um, a lot of people have noted like, hey, Daniel, this wasn't a Mexican guy. Oh, why do you care? Like, yeah, the guy, the one who killed seven uh, bikers, including five Marines, was a Ukrainian. Um, if you, every single crime committed by an illegal is 100% avoidable, every single subsequent crime committed by a legal immigrant who hasn't naturalized is avoidable. It's redressable. They should be gone. That's the beauty of it. That is the beauty of that issue. What if I told you I had a magic pill to end all crime from a segment of a population? You th Tell me I'm nuts. But that is immigration law, and that is what's not followed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the case of uh, the guy who raped a woman twice who was in a wheelchair. Oh, and only served nine months in prison. Criminal justice reform. People will get locked up too long. So he's let out by a sanctuary, is not given over to ICE, and he goes back to that same woman and almost strangles her to death. That guy is still on the loose, but Russell Moore doesn't know about it because he only, you know, Soros is, is the Bible now. So that's where we get our news from, our perspective from. Um, then you have the crash in New Hampshire where um, this was a refugee from Ukraine. They were brought in legally. He had a history of drunk driving, driving without a license, reckless driving, larceny, all sorts of drug offenses. At least three of them made him deportable for the last five years. And you know, you know government like monitors everything you and I do? I mean they have this info. 
Never shared. Yeah, I mean, when they want to track down yeah. which started an E. coli outbreak at, ta- at a Taco Bell and Corpus Christi, they seemingly are able to find it. They, they seemingly are able to find that one mad cow, uh, but they, they, we, we can't find the Syrian refugee in Pittsburgh who wants yeah, to bomb a church thing. in the name of ISIS. We seemingly can't find him. Yeah. It's yeah. weird, wild stuff. And, and, and the thing is, this is where we talk about the Overton window. When you don't have a party or a movement— and we just have a movement of Teletubbies, because that's what they are. Uh, uh, AMLO with securing the border. Real nice. I mean, these people are mentally retarded. When you don't have a movement that every day is pointing this out, the people don't know about it. But but let me just say this. My article on the bikers, I've written several thousand articles in my career. This has gotten more hits than anything I've ever written. So the American people do care when they know about it. But the Teletubbies in the Freedom Caucus, and that's the best of them, and in the Trump administration, they think, oh my gosh, there's the migrants in the water. So what? So freaking what? I don't give a damn. Not that I don't care about hundreds of thousands of people who die or have accidents or are killed uh, everywhere in the world on a given day as people made in the image of God. But from a public policy standpoint, we didn't do that. We're minding our own business. Borstar, the special operation unit from Border Patrol, which goes through Delta Force-style training where they almost die from it. One guy almost died last year from it. Rather than being used against the cartels, they have saved thousands of these people. And by the way, the cartels drop them in the river so while they're saving them, they know that they're taken out, and that's when they bring in the previously deported murderers, rapists, drug uh, runners, uh, gang members. Um, so that's never talked about either. Um, and we don't have a movement pointing this out. So all we know about is that no one's sitting there with an easel of seven dead bodies, including five Marines, strewn out on Highway 2 in Randolph, New Hampshire. A hundred percent, five times over died because of government refusing to enforce current laws that are the foundation of the document that we're going to celebrate next Thursday, governance by the consent of the government, that the people we bring in has to be determined through the consent, consent of the people through their elected representatives. Madison used the case of naturalization as the paradigm for that. That's the ultimate issue. And yet it's brought in by the courts. It's brought in by crappy administrations, including the Trump administration that doesn't follow law, by sanctuary states that refuse to get rid of them and actually harbor them, knowing that they're going to be deported, so they actually treat them better than Americans. Um, and yet, nothing. They don't talk about it. They don't... <sighs> Steve, in one county, in Santa Clara County, ICE tells me, within two months, they have 176 denied detainers of oh. people who themselves were previously in custody because of 110 previously denied detainers. And among them is rape, assault, tons of sexual assault for kids, a lot of kiddie stuff. And and thanks to Gorsuch's uh, ruling today on another criminal case, more kiddie porn guys are going to get out, but that's a different story. Um, arson, drug trafficking, you name it. Um, the number of Americans that have lost kids because they make one mistake and they took drugs, but now the drugs are laced with fentanyl by the cartels. I'm sick of the Russell Moore morality in this country. Steve, what happened to the morality of everyone, but certainly conservatives, that we grew up with, that they understood that we can't do 100% good in life? That's for God. We have to do what's just. 
and they understood that the little part that comes out that's not good from that is not our fault. What happened to our moral compass? Why is our side so worn down? You know, look, I guess Soros is the biggest evangelical leader now. I mean, crime and immigration. I mean, he's awfully right on a lot of issues. For, for, those, for those that don't know why dude. Daniel keeps invoking George Soros in this context, he started, it, it, it was found out later, he was the one funding it. And so several people, like Eric Metaxas, ended up walking away. But it was called the Evangelical Immigration Study Table, is what I remember it was yeah. called. And, it, was, and it, was, it, it turned out to actually be a complete George Soros scam. And it's still operating. You know, it's kind of the Jesus seminar of the 2010s. Um, it, it's still operating, and some of the people that you've mentioned are are still friendly and supportive of it. Uh, but that's for those wondering where Daniel's making that reference. Why he what he has to do with this conversation? It's because he tried planting a Trojan horse in the church on this on this issue. You asked a question today on Twitter that I think is, I think it's the most important question before we can debate anything else. We have to get everybody's answer on this. Do we have an obligation? If, if, do we have an obligation to go anywhere people are suffering and transport them to the United States? Do we have that obligation? So, so here's the thing. Based on the standards that both Republicans and Democrats in the Trump administration has laid out, which, by the way, is a standard that even Obama in 2014 didn't subscribe by. Obama, there's a clip going on the web now. Where yeah, we said, played it on the show earlier today where yeah. he, was on, oh. he was on CNN saying, mamas, don't send your children here. They won't get in. We're sending them back. Don't do this. Die. I don't know if they fall off trains. I don't, yep. know if they're, I don't know what the deal is, but it ain't our problem. We didn't cause it. And the best thing we can do is to just keep them out. That was, that was the baseline. You want to talk about an Overton window when you have a movement of Teletubbies on the right. So that that's exhibit number one. But the point point being is, is is this. So let's just say for a minute, let's just say that we have a country of by and for non-citizens. Americans don't matter. Our security apparatus is not for Americans. Um, forget about the drugs, the crime. The ISIS had three guys confirmed by the Mexican government now coming up. D- doesn't matter. We aim to please illegal immigrants and the cartels. Okay, that that's what we want to do. What no one explains is what is the most feasible way of doing that. So you have a million people this year who came up and empowered the cartels to hang us, and we pay for the news to hang our necks with, um, and, and we have an obligation to them. So here's what I don't understand. What about the infirm, the elderly, the disabled? Hey, what about the people that can't, can't make, make it all trek? those miles? Right. That can't make the trek. Yeah. I, you think you're virtuous? You're a dirtbag. I could show you endless pictures and videos going on in these countries of origin. Don't you then, by that virtue, have an obligation to land boats in the Northern Triangle? But I'm not done. They're coming from Haiti. They're coming from Cuba. They're coming from Brazil. They're coming from Venezuela. But I'm not done. They're coming from Congo. They're coming from Angola. They're coming from Cameroon. They're coming from Sri Lanka. They're coming from Bangladesh. They're coming from Turkey. Don't we, we get a congresswoman from Somalia now? Somalia too, even though they're inadmissible. But um, we're, except to the Congress. But go ahead. They're uh, <laughs> that's another thing. Yeah, talk about deportable aliens and yeah. Anyway, um, forty nine co- different countries. Don't we have an obligation, Steve? I haven't done the exact math, but there's about ninety countries where the GDP per capita is lower than that of Guatemala. Lower than that of Guatemala. So don't we have an obligation that we can't to, we, to bring them all here then, right? Because they're suffering. That's the standard, people. right? 
I don't have an exact number. One to two billion people. Um, don't we have th- – this is – see, they're like, dead bodies in river. Yeah, and finish your sentence. And what? What do you want – see, th- there's no – the only good way – the only pro-life position is sovereignty, even for the illegal, certainly for Americans. See, there's two other things you can do. The landing the boats they're never going to do because it brings out the absurdity that you and I right, are saying. Right. They can't do that. I mean – um, uh, our friends at the Texan, a new publication started by Drew, Drew White, Connie Burton, they actually got a question. They asked um, a press inquiry, inquiry of um, Beto, and they said, hey, you know, th- a recent poll suggested that – I forgot it was my article. I should remember this. But 33 percent of Guatemalans would come. It's this number of million of people. Should we bring them all in? And even he just tap danced around, well, we need to have more aid to them. So I'm like, hey, name me the price. I'll pay it. We we piss away money anyway. We don't care. One billion, two billion, five billion. It will never come anywhere near the hundreds of billions cost of these people, the crime, the empowerment strategically of the cartels. I'll pay it. Leave us alone. But the point is there's only two other options. Either what we're doing now, which is amnesty, catch, and release. But Trump's being treated like a Nazi when he's giving them what they want because inevitably even before the release, you have to detain them. Right. And Steve, there is no good way – of housing 700,000 families. No, you can't do it. There really isn't. There really isn't. It's nobody's fault. So the only other option you could do is not even do that and just like leave them and let them just go, never check them for a criminal criminal record. But by the way, then you're not going to be doing the triage. We're saving a hell of a lot of people through the detaining because we we get all the, um, the dehydration and things like that. We don't screen, again, contagious diseases for Americans. God forbid. Americans suck. But we save a hell of a lot of illegals that aren't talked about. So they already have articles about how we leave them stranded. What is it they want to do? They're literally not expl- – the only option is to land boats. They are literally and, – and everyone except for Chip Roy and Andy Biggs are incapable of talking about this. They're incapable of confronting them. I, I don't understand – what has happened to our sense of morality? Dan, your appearance this week here on the show brought to you by America First, brother. Thanks for joining us here this week. Okay, appreciate it. Take care. Over 50 million Americans are dealing daily with what's called chronic pain. This is pain caused by inflammation. If you are one of those Americans, not an injury, but inflammation in the body, that's where Relief Factor comes in. I'm a daily user of this product, swear by it. And what I love the most about it, 100% drug-free, even though it was created by physicians. And so what that tells you is they're tired of just handing out scripts to deal with symptoms. They want to help the body to actually perform some of the God-given healing power that's inside. And that's where the natural formula, four key natural ingredients, I think I did three, four, four key natural ingredients there uh, that make up relief factor that will unleash your body's ability to fight back against the inflammation causing that chronic pain. If you want to give it a shot, it's just a dollar a day right now for the starter kit. That's 20 bucks for three weeks to give it a shot. What do you have to lose for a dollar a day? Except maybe hopefully and finally the pain. Just go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Gentlemen, your thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel Horowitz. I can't do better than his uh, Teletubbies analogy. You know, he he's exactly right. And this goes to what we said before about ears to hear and eyes to see. I mean, the the just the the simple degree to which. Hold on, I got a fusion GPS thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you can lay out a case uh, as I just decided to do before Aaron did. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> it's all good. That's just where we live, man. It is. It's a case as clearly as uh, Daniel can make, but when it, it, it's just about people. What, the, the magazine I love, Unif- First Things, mm-hmm. it's a way of talking about it. They're, they're, th- this is... This is so far below people's first things. I mean, you go space bar, space bar, space bar. They just, they just don't care. They have agendas that go way beyond uh, the death toll. I, I love how Daniel laid out the, the, the flip. The flip side of the progressive uh, notions of what the truth are almost opposite. The, the number of people that are being saved by Americans willing to go out of their way to provide care is is the real story but it's flipped to say that somehow and they're talking that that poor uh toddler and her father that that that's somehow Donald Trump's fault or or any president's fault we we have all these scams that we're running uh, on what could be uh, solved with just grown-ups being grown-ups we talked about that in terms of the political race that's where we're at we just don't have adults anymore and how many so people we get die death. on the how many people die on the way here? How many people get raped on the way here? Right. Robbed on the way here? Right. So America now the, the compassionate position, the Christian Russell Moore compassionate position is America's the Hunger Games. All right, you race to get here. And if you survive long enough to make it, then we let you in. But uh, that's 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 heroic. That's compassionate. We hope our good friend Congressman Chip Roy will be joining us here at the top of the next hour, live and on demand right here on The Blaze. Stay tuned. And we're back with hour two, live and on demand here on The Blaze, radio, TV, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. We're going to get to buy, sell, or hold coming up later in this hour. Need to tell you, though, about a recent episode of 60 Minutes that sounded the alarm. Uh, the FBI's former head of cyber crimes uh, was on talking about how this uh, new crime, home title fraud, is sweeping the country. And the reason why is because uh, your home's title, mortgage, more vulnerable than ever before. These are largely kept in databases online nowadays, which makes it more convenient for you and I, but also for hackers too. And what they do is go after what is for most Americans the most valuable investment they'll ever have, their own home. They forge their signature onto your home's title once they've hacked into the database. And then they start taking out money, loans against your equity so they can liquidate your investment in your home. And then they stick you with the payments, the late fees, foreclosure notices, etc. Don't let this happen to you. Your mortgage lender, your bank, your identity theft protection cannot protect you. But for pennies a day, our friends at home title lock will they will mobilize as they monitor your home's title if they detect anything nefarious at all they're on it to protect that investment if you want to learn more get a free title scan and report to find out if your home's title has already been targeted if you go to hometitlelock.com that's hometitlelock.com and we're joined now by our good friend congressman chip roy who is joining us from the great state of texas from capitol hill uh, in washington dc good to see you chip how are you man Doing great, Steve. How are you doing? I'm still recovering from the uh, even even by my standards, the amount of uh, of bombastic truth bombs. Our good our mutual friend Daniel Horowitz just dropped on this show about five minutes ago. 
We're, we, we, we're, we're, we're in the midst of a fallout, but, but we've recovered in time to welcome you on, uh, Chip. But So you're there on the front lines. I mentioned the amendment that you filed today because there's this clip going around from a few years ago, and you, I, you were probably working in Ted Cruz's office when he and Glenn Beck were getting all this heat, when all these kids were coming to the border, remember, because Obama was rumored to be doing this executive amnesty, and so moms sent their kids here to get as many dreamers in under the cloak of darkness as they could before the stroke of uh, Obama's pen and a phone, and, and Ted and Glenn Beck went down to the border to give those poor kids water and soccer balls, and it was a big controversy. You probably remember that, right? Okay. And, Very much so, yeah. Yeah, and, and so President Obama, when all this was going on and the country's like, make this stop, and he goes on national television and says, mothers, don't send your children here. We will turn them away. They won't be allowed in. So you went back to that era and put in a, filed an amendment today in the Congress. Can you tell us about this? Yeah, well, I appreciate you pointing that out. What we've got is the uh, utter hypocrisy of Democrats who are totally running away from the previous president, from President Obama, who offered in a bill in response to the crisis of the time, which was, of course, a deluge of unaccompanied alien children, many of whom were riding on the top of train cars. We were dealing with some of the problems of their safety and concern about that, as, as you remember. And President Obama's response was, was a strong response. He was saying we should send a message to those countries to tell their families not to send the kids here. We should work to stop it. We should advertise in those countries to stop it. And we should enforce the law here and deport. And that his bill that he sent to the Hill included $762.8 million for ICE. The Republican bill in the Senate uh, includes $208 million for ICE. The House bill that they just passed on the House floor includes $125 million, give or take, for ICE. And they are fully restricted in how they can use it. It's used for shuttling people around. None of it is for enforcement. In other words, today's Senate Republicans, and of course today's House Democrats, are miles to the left of President Barack Obama in dealing with a crisis which today is exponentially worse than the crisis in 2014. And in fact, the number of family units that were apprehended in May, approximately 85,000, is greater than the entire number in all of fiscal year 2014. So I think it's the height of hypocrisy, and I think we should do something about it, and that's why I offered the amendment, which, of course, was rejected by Democrats and has not been picked up on by Republicans as a messaging vehicle to point out the fraud and the utter denial by Democrats to deal with this crisis. Gallup poll yesterday, the number one issue concern of the American people, immigration and border enforcement. We have a president who got elected on this issue. Okay, when we were all trying to get Ted Cruz the nomination at that time, he was sitting with Eric Swellwell like polling numbers, and he's the president today because of this issue. We have Republicans in Congress, we have Democrats in the House, and you know, all these three people these three groups of people are all going to go to those same voters in that Gallup poll about sixteen months from now and say, Vote for us. And yep. and, and what I hear you saying to our audience, Chip, is by and large there's just there there there's just a, a total disconnect from what the American people are clamoring for to what their elected officials up there on Capitol Hill are are engaged in and focused on on a daily basis. Well, unfortunately, my good friend, because you're rarely wrong, I have to correct you on one thing. That Gallup poll uh, survey that you referred to uh, has immigration 
and the concern about it as the number one policy issue. But when they asked the question about what people are most concerned about, their number one issue was government. Uh, number two was immigration. And then miles behind it was anything else, including, of course, climate change, even health care, all the other things that we know that are uh, important to the American people. That's how important getting our borders secured and solving this uh, crisis and making sure we have an immigration system that works is. But it's also telling that people are so frustrated with government and the inability of government to do its job, its basic core constitutional duty to secure the border. And so uh, it's not uh, shocking given, you know, President Reagan was correct that government isn't the solution, it's the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to the amount of political heat you're already taking on. And you haven't asked me to do this, but, I, but we're friends. And so, you know, I'm sensitive to that. Okay. But I also under, I'm sensitive to the questions I know my audience has. Because you're going to be one of the few people that has a conduit to the people that they would like to reach and find out what's going on from. And, uh, and there's a lot of people in our audience that voted for President Trump as this, because of this issue. And... What are they? What, what are they doing there? Why? What country would not chip if 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 we had eighty six thousand people coming here uninvited would not view that as a form of invasion and mobilize like their armed forces to confront something like that? And so a lot of our audience voted for the president because he seemed to be one of the few people with with sympathies uh, to their concerns on this issue. Are they doing all that they can do? Are they working alongside the efforts that you're engaged in? What can you tell our audience? Because most people that watch The Blaze have given up on the Democratic Party. That's why they're watching stuff like The Blaze, right? So they want to know, what are the people we elected to do? What are they doing? How, what can you tell them, Chip? Well, my answer would be a mixed bag. Um, number one, I would, I'd start with this point. And if I'm speaking to uh, friends that are working in the administration, or that are working on the president's re-election campaign, any of my colleagues seeking re-election, if we don't do our basic job to secure the border, and if we forsake the American people's desire to solve the border problem, we will be thrown out on our ear. And that's from top to bottom. There is no wiggle room here. We've got to keep a strong economy, and we've got to secure the border. If we don't do those things or fight to the death to try, then we will be thrown out on our ear, and the American people would be right to do so. Uh, secondly, there is a lot of effort going on in the administration to do everything they can. They are being thwarted by bureaucrats in the Department of Homeland Security. They are obviously being thwarted by Democrats in Congress. They are not getting enough messaging support on a regular basis from Republicans in Congress. They're only Republicans are only now reawakening to what they were fighting in January and February. And importantly, uh, the administration is facing the challenge of the courts who keep jamming them up on different executive actions they take, uh, memos they write, ways to try to enforce the law. So we need to take this into our hands, get behind and push the administration to be as aggressive as they can to hold the line and secure the border. And we can't allow this to become co-opted by the left uh, about a humanitarian crisis when it is they, the Democrats, who stuck their head in the sand, denied there was a crisis, kept calling it a manufactured crisis, refused to do anything about it, and now are daring in the height of hypocrisy to point to border patrol and to ICE and government officials who are doing their best to try to save lives, help these people who are trying to come here. And none of us, and I know you, Steve, as a Christian, I, I as a Christian, people that I know, I feel for the people who are trying to come here. 
I want people to be able to seek the American dream. But if you don't want to deal with the fact that open borders are bad for the United States and then creating this magnet that draws people through here to be exactly. the clutches of the cartels mm-hmm. so that they make money on the backs of migrants and harming migrants, that father and that child in the Rio Grande River, that should never have happened. And that is happening because this body, this Congress, refuses to do its job to secure the border and to ensure that people know what the rules are and that they follow them. Instead, we're encouraging people to take this dangerous journey, be put at the hands of the cartels, swim across the river, go through hell to get here, and Democrats pat themselves on the back and frankly some Republican because that's somehow compassionate. It is utter horse manure. How compassionate is it, because we don't know these numbers, how many of those people that we have encouraged because of our unsecure border to take on, as you described it, this dangerous trek, have seen their daughters raped and kidnapped by uh, cartels and human traffickers and sold into prostitution or global pornography rings and things of that nature? How many of their sons have been turned into drug mules? How many of their husbands and fathers have been murdered? Um, How many of their wives have been forced into uh, indentured servitude uh, to, uh, you know, uh, fiends and 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 cartel uh, evildoers it's funny we don't know any of the data on that but yet we're encouraging an environment where those dangers are embarked upon it's funny that never that never gets talked about chip you know it's really sad you're correct um it is obviously very difficult to know the numbers but when we have objective third-party organizations who are generally regarded as humanitarian organizations like amnesty international and others that are telling us that it is upwards of 30 to 35 percent, a third-ish, of women and children who are abused along this terrible journey. Uh, I don't know if that number is accurate, but is it 5 percent? Is it 20 percent? Is it half? Whatever it is, the staggering number of people that we're allowing to be subjected to criminal elements as their path to get to the United States, and that we're encouraging them to do so when it is in direct contradiction to our laws, and when those who are claiming asylum, when they get through the process, Upwards, I think the number is around 12% is the number that immigration judges are saying, yes, you may well qualify for asylum, meaning 88% do not. And that is not to say that our hearts don't go out to people who are struggling in the Northern Triangle, seeking a better way of life. It's not to say that we don't want to continue to have open doors. We allow 1.2 million people to come into our country every year, but we don't fix the system. We don't make it to where it's better prioritized to get people here who can work and be a part of our communities. Uh, Instead, we make it be about chain migration and diversity visas. We ought to fix that system. We ought to have a very clear signal how people can come here. But we ought to be very clear about our doors uh, being open where they're supposed to be, but that you're not supposed to come in illegally. If we don't do that, then we're going to endanger migrants, endanger our communities. And, you know, tell that to Jared Vargas's family in San Antonio who uh, lost their son, nephew, brother, uh, family member almost a year ago exactly. and, uh, you know, the tragedy that Lori, his wonderful mom, is dealing with uh, when he died at the hands of an illegal immigrant who came here, was caught, released, caught, released, and then ultimately killed Jared. Uh, we've got to stop this madness, and, uh, and we need leadership to do it. All right, three more questions before we let you go and let you get back to work. Uh, Let's go back to the political point you raised a few minutes ago. My concern, because this is what history has taught us, 
Bad Republicans always lead to worse Democrats later. We just saw this pattern in healthcare. It's it, it's mind-boggling to me that Democrats believe this is like their number one most popular domestic issue when we are just a few years removed away from this issue wiping out the Democratic Party nationwide. From the time Barack Ob- from the time Obamacare was in, was installed in 2009 uh, through hit the end of his presidency, Democrats nationwide lost over 1,000 seats from Congress to state legislature to county commissioner and when donald trump took office chip they were at their lowest total nationwide since before the fdr new deal the great depression okay and yet they've now turned this issue to their advantage why because republicans promised year after year vote for us we'll get rid of obamacare they did over 50 show votes they get into office they don't get rid of obamacare then the democrats with their friends help with their friends in the media turn turn the tide and republicans now take the blame for the mess that the democrats made right i fear the exact same thing is going to go down the road here with 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 immigration and now barack obama wanted everyone to know when you guys when you were coming after him when you were on the senate staff years ago on obamacare it's not a it's not a gateway to single payer we don't have a public option now they're all running on single payer and if we don't enforce the border now, the sim- same process, Chip, I believe happens on immigration. The American people will become so frustrated with the lack of, of, of security and enforcement that they will just glom onto that I guess we need to have op- amnesty and open borders because I don't want to look at those pictures anymore. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I wish I could tell you you're wrong, although obviously the Gallup poll that you referenced earlier tells you that a big block of the American people understand how important it is for the rule of law to be enforced, how that's important for our own country, how it's important for the migrants who seek to come here. So I do believe that we still have an overwhelming block of the American people who want that. But you are correct that Democrats are adept at changing what some people refer to as the Overton window, which is, you know, fancy speak for, you know, basically shifting the goalposts and changing the narrative of the conversation. And uh, that's what they're doing. I mean, let's look exactly what's happening right now with the supplemental. The supplemental the president sent up was less aggressive on ICE funding than President Obama's request of five years ago. Senate Republicans cut that in half, actually more than half, and had a whole bunch of other stuff in there that was harmful to enforcement in order to cut. Did we just lose him? Okay. We're going to attempt to uh, to reconnect here with Chip Roy because there's two other questions we need to ask him before we let him go. What do you think about uh, what Chip's had to say so far, Tom? Well, like with Daniel Horowitz, uh, we, we don't we really don't deserve people like Chip Roy. And and I think you basically said as much in your own way of telling him not to run unless you're going to do something because this this is a man there's so few men like in forget congress just all walks of life the the men who are willing to stand the post no no matter the cost i, I listen i i've been absolutely amazed uh humbled just by the last week and a half of what i've seen from uh chip roy and i know he's uh back with us now but that can't be said enough he deserves your attention no matter how unclear you are about this particular topic just because he's been a man in full on this one issue all right chip the last two questions i want to get to before we run out of time with you yeah the legal question all right so you have a legal background you used to work in the attorney general's office in the state of texas you've talked about what's going with the the court challenges this administration faces virtually any time it tries tries to, to, to honor any of its campaign pledges. What right. legal advice would you give them? At, at what point, what, what could a judge decree? Anything. If, if a judge decreed, you know what, Trump Tower, uh, you turn that your assets over to me. Would they say no to that? 
I mean, at what point do, would you advise them to stop taking universal injunctions and all the rest of this seriously? It's not worth the paper it's printed on. Well, I would tell the president to do that now. The time is now. Uh, we need a Jacksonian moment where the president of the United States looks at the courts and he says, you enforce that law. Uh, I'm getting tired of having judges. I think now I, I've lost count, Steve. You may know better than I because I've just lost track. But we're at six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, Daniel would know uh, how many nationwide injunctions we're under that are blocking the efforts by the administration in this particular instance to try to uh, secure the border and come up with some logical path to do this the right way. So, for example, the president tried to, through uh, executive uh, action, make a uh, decision to say that we're going to take asylum claims because we should, and the law says we should, but do so through ports of entry. But we are going to deny any claims when you cross the river. Now, imagine if we'd have been allowed to set up that regime, let the world know that that is how we're going to enforce it. Anybody who comes in will be summarily dismissed and removed. Then it would have stopped the flow of people coming across the river because they know they'd be denied. People would have to go through ports of entry. And then perhaps that man and that little child would still be alive today. But instead, some judge appointed in the Ninth Circuit makes a ruling based on his concocted theory. And then now we're faced and we're stuck dealing with that. And I think that's problematic. Now, obviously, we've had some of these that have gone up to the court. And when trying to overturn the injunction, rather than, of course, dealing with it on the merits uh, on the question, which will take time. Uh, and I think Roberts went against this on the question of the injunction in that case. Um, this is a perpetual problem. And at some point, at some point, a president of the United States is going to have to look at the court and tell that court to pound sand when it is stepping over the ability of the American people to govern ourselves. The president has the basic constitutional duty to secure the border of the United States. And uh, it's, it's, it's absurd that we're bowing down to the whims of judges and allowing that to create our policy so that now people are dying and getting harmed because we can't actually do our job to secure the border. Final thing, my friend, what, what's next for our audience? What do they need to be watching for as this uh, battle debate rages on? Well, I mean, I think what's obvious that we've got to be attuned to is the way Washington works is right now there's this little bit of a battle on what we're going to do on this funding bill. And Republicans are turning this into some epic fight to stop these apparently horrible House bill in order to get the apparently wonderful Senate bill. Look, there ain't much difference between the two bills. I'm going to tell you, yes, the Senate bill is better, but it's it's shades of difference. Both bills fail fundamentally to provide the resources necessary for ICE, to put the beds in place, to uh, free up our law enforcement officers to be able to hold the line, secure the border, and send a signal that we're not going to allow people to come across between the ports of entry, that they're going to follow our rules and laws and uh, and do that. So my, my point is we need to follow very carefully, and the American people need to pay attention, not let this slip away, because at some point today, tomorrow, sometime over the July recess or when we get back, they're going to come to some agreement, some grand bargain of getting this uh, deal done on the uh, supplemental, but none of it's going to truly solve the problem. So keep your eyes open, press your members of Congress, be vigilant, demand that we do our job and secure the border, and let's keep this focus going between now and November of 2020. Because the American people, when they speak up, these guys listen. And I'm telling you, it works. It works in kind of have a balance, 
It worked in some previous uh, immigration amnesties in the past. It'll work today. But the American people cannot assume that the administration is going to be able to get this done without pressure from the outside for us to do our job. Great stuff, uh, Chip. Thanks for taking time out and joining us here today uh, on the, on the Blaze, brother. God bless you. Okay. Steve, God bless you. Thank you, and uh, have a wonderful Independence Day next week. And despite all these frustrations, we're the greatest country in the history of the world, and we'll celebrate it next week. And the great imaginations of our founding fathers and what they did on July second, on July fourth, and and uh, all of those important dates next week. So uh, have a great and blessed. Uh, uh, coming uh, celebration. Amen. Same to you. Take care. It's Congressman Chip Roy from the state of Texas joining us here uh, live and on demand on the blaze. Can I ask you a question? You about, are you, you've talked with Ted Cruz about this, Chip Roy, others. Is there anything he said? I mean, his authenticity is clear, but in terms of specificity, the moment you have way more context than I do. Anything you're hearing from him that the things he's saying have a chance of gaining purchase because i i'm while i'm simultaneously incredibly impressed with him i have utter i'm i'm hopeless at anything's going to come through do you hear something other i think i think the along the lines of the question you're asking the big takeaway from what he just said was noting that the uh and and see what ship is doing here there's something else going on beyond the immigration issue and this is why he is fighting so hard to get traction because uh, he is exposing that this is just a large scam, period, yeah. on virtually every issue. I mean, he pointed out that um, we're supposed to be fighting and clawing for the Superior Senate Republican yeah. Senate bill, and it's only 100 million difference. And, it's, and by the way, 200 million is what the Republicans are putting into perhaps the worst border crisis in American history. And Barack Obama was, was asking for, what's four times that? According to the numbers that, and Chip would have been, I think he would have been uh, chief of staff or basically the guy running Ted Cruz's Senate office at that time. So one of the jobs he would have had would be looking at Barack Obama, the president's appropriations requests. Okay. So when they're just not, what he's telling you is they're not serious about this. And here's the next thing that he's telling you. They're not good at get serious about this until you make them get serious about it. Same that, thing Daniel was saying. Yeah. Too. There's too much conservative media that's in this for cocaine Mitch memes. And, and what he said to you at the end, don't take for granted that if you leave the White House alone, this will get done. Now, he seems to think, and I would agree with him um, based on record, that when prodded and pushed, the Trump White House is far more likely to respond to you than Republicans in Congress in either chamber in or out of power. And so... The big takeaways from this conversation along the lines of what you're asking me, Todd, is that neither party on Capitol Hill is serious about this on any level whatsoever. And I, and I didn't ask Chip because he's got enough haters. That's The reason I gave you the, the big picture answer at the top of the show is so that guys that, you know, we need to at some point have preserved to get something done in Washington don't have to. So I'll be the dark knight here and tell you the real lowdown so someone can be the Harvey Dent. So I'll, I'll be the bad guy. But that's, that's why it's a joke, is what I told you on the top of the show. They don't care. They, they care. They're, Republicans are run by corporatist whores, and the Democrats are run by victimology pimps. They don't care. So there's no hope there. And he believes that if, pro, if pressured and prodded, you could maybe get some hope. Because the White House has tried to do things, and the minute they run into resistance, they just shut down. So what he's saying is, you guys out there that are watching and listening to us now, you need to let this White House know 
that you don't care about Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. You care about the fact 86,000 migrant families. Do you know how many cities in Iowa we have with more than 86,000 people? I think three. It's a very low number. 86,000 families crossed the border last month. That's just the families, guys. The total number is like 164,000. I think we only have two cities in Iowa with that number, Cedar Rapids and Des Moines. So here's the message he's given you. You need to say to the White House, do your damn jobs. We sent you there to put America first. Time to do it. Time to tell some courts, take a flying leap. Time to pressure cocaine Mitch to stop doing lines and get in line and do your damn job too. Otherwise, more people are going to die. There's going to be more dads and sons and daughters in rivers. More women are going to get raped and kidnapped and put into human trafficking rings. More Syrian refugees are going to try to blow up churches in America in the name of ISIS like what happened in Pittsburgh last week. This is going to continue. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, not in the way I hoped it would, but it was it, honest. You know, it goes back to the very first show we did after at the beginning of, and the dawn of the Trump presidency. We know who the people in Congress are. That's not changing. And it hasn't changed. I mean, I, I feel like I'm doing a lot of the same shows I've been doing since before you guys showed up. We've had like four elections. The, the X factor is Trump. He's the, he's the new, he's the variable. But Mitch McConnell's a constant. John Cornyn's a constant. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, constants. The variable is Trump. And what is he willing to do? What is he not willing to do? What toes is he willing to step on? Who's he not willing to step on? And ultimately, you know, you have to treat him as your employee. And spend far less time retweeting, you know, the the pillow talk between Lisa, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok and all the rest of that garbage. And kvetching about what the hell. I'm so proud of Aaron. I didn't even bring it up. I'll bring it up now. I'm so proud of you that you did not put Bob Mueller being subpoenaed in your montage. Yeah. Dude, that's seriously one of my most proudest moments as your boss. You get me. <laughs> Perfect. That's all I ever wanted to hear you say. But but we are we just mentioned it for the first time on our show. What time is it? 1227 Central Time, local time. More than three quarters of the way through right. the show. We're an hour and a half through a two-hour show. Most of the rest of our peers in this industry, would, do you think they waited an hour to 75, 80% of their show was done before they brought that up? Probably not. And they're, therein lies your problem. And that just, that's just, therein lies your problem. So, you know, you have to make them do their jobs. Now, the good news is he has shown a willingness to do it if you push him, but you're going to have to push him. He's not your president. He's your employee. It's about we the people. We form the perfect union here, not the other way around. More in a moment. If 
you've been fighting that losing battle with your bulge, uh, maybe Riduzone is the missing link because uh, there could be something missing in your body. It's called OEA. It's actually got a fancier name than that. That's just the abbreviation, OEA. And OEA has one job, man. Uh, And that job is to send a signal from the gut when you're done eating, when you're full to the brain. Let it know we're full. Uh, Shut it down. Uh, We don't need to crave anymore. And we can regulate our appetite, kick in the metabolism, get active. At all, uh, the problem is, for too many of us, that signal just ain't as strong as it needs to be, particularly as we get older. And that's where Riduzone comes in. It just wants to put the OEA back in your body. That's pretty much all that it is. It's not loaded with chemicals. There's only three ingredients. And the overwhelmingly main ingredient is OEA. It's not a stimulant, doesn't have caffeine, any of that other stuff, okay? So uh, this is just about seeing if this is the issue here. Uh, And I've used this product in the past as well, and sometimes I can have a sensitive digestion when I introduce new things. If you're worried about anything along those lines, I had no symptoms with it at all, all right? If you want to use my name as a promo code, Steve, they'll give you a special discount when you go to riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, promo code Steve for riduzone.com. All right, let's get to it. This week's edition of Buy, Seller Hold. Aaron, with a little help from his friends, you out in the audience will put forth a series of propositions on a cornucopia of topics. Todd and I will then decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? We'll have, hopefully, at least one good reason why. And then once per episode, if the situation calls for it, we are permitted to place a hold. And if the situation is anything other than what you're asking us requires such an indignity to use our brain for such a low-capacity proposition, then the dude code calls for you to be uh, scourged, mocked, vilified, and deservedly so. Aaron. All right. Excuse me. Yet again, I start the segment off by choking, which is the exact way we started off last week as well. So that's a great start. We're going to start with an email, though. This was a submission from Sandy from Virginia, who says our all-merciful God will take pity on us instead of unleashing the violence of foreigner hordes and Silicon Valley tyranny. He'll instead correct us via an electromagnetic pulse weapon. That would then wipe out all of these, uh, the ability to use all these technologies, essentially? Yeah. Um, I don't know if our all-merciful God will do that, but I could certainly see the uh, merciless God, Allah, uh, and his followers doing something like that, Todd. Do you? Uh, I could so I think you have the wrong God, but maybe the right <laughs> idea. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to sell, but I, I see how you're tracking. Okay. Talk about tiptoeing through the raindrops on that one. No, I'm, I'm going to sell. We deserve that. God's not going to be merciful. He's going to be just. All right. Uh, now, Constantinos Rodidas, take a drink. Uh, Facebook handing over data to French courts. There's a story about that. On hate speech, suspect will be a growing trend. And in the future, presidential candidates are going to be pressured to release their social media data just like they do their tax returns. Bye. On both those. Um, if we don't do... If we don't do limited government solutions to where this is trending, 100% buy on this. I think, I think and, and I know people hate slippery slope arguments, and you know why you hate them? Because they're always right. If we don't put limited government definitions and regulations in place, I think you, we have no idea the amount of tyranny that, has, that will be unleashed through big tech and social media. And it will be real, Terry Hatcher, and spectacular. So buy. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy. But you know, on the, the social media data thing, 
how far does that rabbit hole go, Steve, in terms of what the... It, because of the data that they have on you, me, and everyone else. Uh, to the nickel core of the Earth's crust. Well, to the very gates of hell. But what does that mean in terms of not responding like, so? I mean, whether it's right or wrong, like, personally, you, it's they're using this as a... As, an, as a sort of attack dog, I want to know how damaging whatever data. Hey, you don't turn it in. It, uh, it, it, it's the Black Mirror episode. Hey, you don't turn your stuff in. We don't like your activity. Your our algorithm downgrades your ability to reach your audience, and uh, we we don't we tell Parler you can't have an app at the uh, at the Apple All Store right. if you don't do our uh, terms of service. It, that's what it's going to mean. Okay, well, I'll definitely buy that. They're going to be a shat. They're going to they're they're going to be a, a, a separate government, guys. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. That's that's not a conspiracy. That's human nature. Tell me when in the course, since east of Eden, tell me, I'll tell you what, like we used to do before Tiger's one man crash, we'd go to Vegas, Tiger versus the field and the 2006 Masters. Remember those days? Mm -hmm. Tell you what, I'm going to give you the field. 6,000 years of human history from since Genesis chapter three. Name me one time. One time when a human endeavor had the ability to exercise all power to get its way, it of its own accord, voluntarily, chose not to do so. And I'll wait. Thank you. Aaron. Moving on, Patrick uh, Hilbolt says the NFL will opt out of its $1.5 billion per year, to, per year DirecTV Sunday ticket deal. And Disney will pick up the option and make it available with its Disney ESPN Plus Hulu app. I like what you're thinking. I think the NFL is definitely going to opt out. And I think people are just now waking up to Disney owns Hulu and they, people have known for a long time they own ESPN and they're going to launch Disney Plus in November. I think by next November, they'll bundle all three of those things together um, because you can get a lot of uh, the same channels you get off of your cable network and uh, direct TV off of, uh, off of Hulu, just like you can with YouTube TV. That's what you use, yep. right, Aaron? Yeah. So um, I could buy that. I could. I think, I think you've got a plausible scenario there. I'm way out of my depth on this stuff. I am, I am the old man shaking my fist at the cloud because it, in my day, we just had cable and it was good enough for us. And I was happy when uh, the box had a long cord and uh, I could take it back with me to sit on the couch with it. I just can't keep up with the huluing of the world or whatever i so i'll just take yeah, your expertise on this one you used to be with but then they changed yes. what uh, it was now what you're with isn't it and what's it seems <laughs> they got weird on computers now ma i know jacob hibbard says the defense of marriage act was a mistake as it introduced the federal government at the marriage issue when it could have been uh, when we could have continued to win on the state level i'm gonna buy i've actually proffered this analysis multiple times yeah. and um it's it's not an analysis i enjoy because I, I'm, my analysis is pointing out that my previous analysis sucked, <laughs> right? But I'm not going to ignore the facts. And the reality is, if you watch the way that it played out, okay? Now, there was probably no way of knowing this in 1998 when the Defense of Marriage Act was, was signed. But if you look at the way that it played out, um, federalizing the issue, provided federal court standing for this to get to the place that it ultimately got to go back to last year when we passed the heartbeat bill in iowa a heartbeat bill in iowa right so all kinds of states are doing this now and iowa was kind of the trailblazer there's a trend with this going on right now in in states that have uh, pro-life pro-life governments recall that um when 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 the court challenge came to our bill 
Planned Parenthood filed suit in state court. Because one of the reasons we're using the strategy of these heartbeat bills is we're trying to create federal court challenges to challenge Roe head on, to create standing. Like you can't just say, I want to challenge Roe. You have to create a, well, you can, if you're a leftist, you can just, you can be like the ACLU and the Freedom From Religion Foundation and have like one damn office in a closet somewhere in Madison, Wisconsin, literally. And just, and, and you have you, standing. Yeah. And, yeah, you'll be given standing by any federal court to challenge anything you want. But if you're a conservative in California and you're one of the 9 million people in that state that voted for marriage back in 2008, and then the, then one judge who was appointed by Bush and decided he liked to have sex with other guys and liked to marry a guy that he had sex with one day decides that he doesn't want to have that be the marriage law anymore. You 9 million people have no standing for your votes are just all uh, forsaken there. You have no standing. You can be disenfranchised like that, okay? So no standing for you, but if you're the ACLU or the Freedom From Religion Foundation, you can have standing at any time for whatever reason, just because. All right, those are the rules. Okay? You can't play a rigged game, and that's the game that we're playing. The whole game is rigged, all right? Um, so that's the fallacy of conservative justices to bail us out of this, okay? But that notwithstanding, um, for, the, for those of us that are still uh, beholden to the way the system is supposed to work, we have to come up with a, play, a case that gives us standing to challenge previous precedent. Right? And so these heartbeat bills were written in a way to, cha- to create challenges to Roe on the merits. To avoid that precedent working against them, Planned Parenthood sued the state of Iowa in state court. And then the state Supreme Court used that case as a means to declare that the Iowa Constitution, which was written like, what, in 1859 or something. Somehow we just found out in the year 2018 that the Iowa Constitution grants you a constitutional right to an abortion, which is really damned amazing because I read the thing numerous times and I I can't believe I just missed it. We just missed it all these years, but it apparently was in there and we just missed it. That's that's the game. All right. So um, if you look at how this played out with the marriage battle, then we should have just left it as a state amendment issue. Now, we eventually, given the way the culture has gone, probably would have ended up here anyway, you know, um, because restraint and human nature don't typically go hand in hand. And we would have come up with a federal judge, knowing what we know now of the federal judiciary, we would have found a federal judge that would have made the extraordinary state case that he can overrule an amendment to a state constitution that doesn't address an issue that is explicitly addressed in the federal constitution that like never has happened before but given what we know now about the courts do you think it's crazy they just would have done that anyway oh i know they would have which is now they might have done it like this year instead of like 2012 you know so we probably would have ended up here anyway all right, you just would have had some federal judge who decided I'm same-sex attracted, I don't like your state amendment, and I'm going to totally violate the tenets of federalism and rule your uh, state amendment out of bounds, right? We, we would have gotten here, don't you think? I'm certain. Yep. But it is- would just would have happened a few years later, you know? So, yes, Jacob is right, bye, but the way the courts have gone, even in just the last few years, we would have probably ended up in the same spot nonetheless. We- All right, this one just for you, Steve. Uh, Ron in Dallas wants to know, Oklahoma goes 11-1 and one and wins the Big 12 title again this year. Sell. Sell. Yep, I don't want to say any more. Okay. Um, but because uh, my college football preview is done, but we're, it's not yet ready for release. Yeah, thank okay? you for uh, putting the, uh, the pressure on me the other night on Twitter. Please quiet. That was actually yeah. not my intent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So part, part two, actually, if you'll indulge us. Uh, okay. Jalen Hurts becomes the third Sooner in a row to win the Heisman. Sell. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that will happen. And the main reason why is he's a different kind of quarterback. 
more of a power running quarterback, I don't think the numbers will be as redonkulous as they've been the last two years where Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray essentially had the exact same statistics. Gotcha. Todd uh, Saffle says, uh, cheering for a great former player now playing for another team, a la uh, Albert Pujols in St. Louis, is allowed by the du- dude code. Especially if he left with honor, played with honor, yep. hasn't dishonored you since he left. Absolutely, yeah. that is. That was great. Yeah. Absolutely. Let uh, me tell you what the dude code doesn't allow. The dude code doesn't allow you to leave a school for greener pastures to go to the Big Ten in a different sport. And then when your conference is in that is in another sports championship for the first time in 53 years for you to go to that event and root openly against the team from your own league to then root for the school that you left to move on to greener pastures. That's what James Franklin is doing at Penn state. The dude code does not allow that. That's a total douche move period. David Evans Martinez uh, says the NBC Democratic presidential debate will be described as lit by one of the candidates. Quickly. Is Eric Swellwell on stage? Yep. <laughs> Bye. Yes. Absolutely. And that in is, the most awkward way possible. That yes. is the correct answer. Social Media America today. Actually, I just want to take the last part of this. Uh, we will have a civil war before we have revival. Well, I think you're in a cold Bye. civil war right now. Yep. And it's one or the other. You'll have one or the other. I, I, I don't want to presume to get out. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine being skeptical. Cynicism's different. So I don't want to presume to, um, uh, you know, I don't know what the future holds. What, I don't know what, what, what God has in store. But it will be one or the other. That's what, that's what revival or bust means. I mean, a, a house divided against itself can't stand. That's, that's what it means. You're buying? Bye-bye. All righty. Arwit with a good one. In the next five years, Bible apps will be banned from Apple and Google app stores. Bye. Without, without regulation, without reasonable regulation, this is, this is a buy. Yes. Yes. Bye. All right. Uh, Tommy Skoog says Vanderbilt has the ugliest uniforms in the history of baseball. Which ones have- now? The ones they wore last night I liked. Maybe because the ones they wore game one were so absolutely brutally hideous. That what they wore last night looked like an upgrade. Okay, so and I haven't watched enough college baseball to know, you know. So, but I, if you're talking about the ones they wore game one of the finals, bye. Last nights weren't too bad. I didn't see was, them. Was this game one of the final finals right there? That was last night. That was last night. Yeah, and that is, I'm telling That's, you, that is an upgrade over what they wore on uh, on Monday night. Yeah. Have we seen baseball in the '70s though? There's no way. Whatever they well, wore, I don't even. I need love those uniforms. They should all come back. I miss those Some. Padre uniforms, those Philly uniforms. I loved them. Those are classic A's uniforms. That was the the late yeah. '70s to early '80s, the best era for uniforms. There's man, some troubling uniforms in the '70s. No, this can't, whatever they were, they can't be that. See, bad. I think the early 2000s. Like whoever was running the BYU in Denver and the Denver Broncos, whoever made the decision to move on from the Orange Crush uniforms. To those like dark blues with all those stripes, you're I all fired. Those. You're all fired. I love those, and I love the dark blue Chargers uniforms as well. And the and the and whoever made the decision, you know what? We just won so many damn games wearing these beautiful baby blue uniforms at BYU. So let us go to like these, uh, you know, poop. You know, this dark navy that's so dark it looks like poop. You're all fired for that too. All right. Props to Pitt for going back to the uniforms of its of the seventies that made it. Then when it was a national power, those baby blues with the with the yellow, they're going back to that this year. Those are going to look tight. I think BYU is more is more often now wearing those classic baby blues. Uh, the Chargers announced they're wearing the greatest uniforms in the history of American team sport. 
all this coming season for the 100th year of the NFL, they are, as their new home jersey, they're going to wear the powder blues, the Lance Allworth powder blues. That is, in my mind, the best uniform we in the history of American teams. We actually got two baseball uniform uh, by self holds this week. Oh uh, worst baseball uniform ever. This is from Micah Don Arrington. Uh, even worse than the White Sox softball shorts. Uh, I'm going to buy that. Picture. I don't know what area this is from. I remember the White Sox a, softball shorts, but I'm going to buy that. But That's it's, terrible. It's, it's a Pittsburgh Pirates uniform, and it's got the big pirate face on the front of the yeah, cut-off we're t-shirt. Talking. That's awful. That's awful. What era is that from? That's got to be from the 90s. I, no, that's that not looks, of an era. I think they just made that up. I've never seen yeah. that uniform before. Really? Have I. Yeah, I think they think that's modern marketing. Wow. That, your generation is to blame for that, Aaron. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to blame it on the 90s. Actually, that is my generation. Anyway, uh, the Democrats will be saved by a dark horse uh, presidential candidate like Mark Cuban or Bill Gates. This is from Uptick Mick. Sell. Sell. Total sell. I'm going to sell. You know, here's, here, I see where you're tracking. I like the way you're thinking. Here's the problem, though. They're both straight white males. So there's no salvation. Yeah. If, if the guy who served as Barack Obama's understudy for eight years is a straight white male, if they're going to try to take See, him out, you mean they're going to bring in these two billionaire guys that are straight white males from corporate America? Hell no. I think if they're, I don't think it'll matter if they're a straight white male, if the Democratic Party is in so much trouble and Trump is looking like a clear leader front runner but then at that point i don't think those people want to risk their legacy of losing to donald trump i think that's what would keep them out all right final one really quick chuck Kirgery says uh the presidential debates the next two nights will end with a dumb question like what's your favorite food at least one candidate provides a selection deemed offensive and at least one <laughs> refuses to be bogged down by one choice thus not answering a seemingly innocuous question this sounds stupid but this is absolute that's absolutely yeah, I, going I, to happen I, I, Metaphysical I like certitude. I, I buy. think I buy that. I can I'll see buy that. that if they ask it. I don't think they're going to ask it because there's too many existential questions to be had about. You don't think they'll try to exactly, ask it to make that humanize exactly it at least a little bit? That's exactly why they're going to ask it, Todd. You don't think you don't think it's going to be the woke Olympics for an hour and fifty nine minutes, and then like for one minute left, try to put a smile on everybody's face and humanize <laughs> everybody? You don't think that there's not there's like twelve people on each stage, man. Yeah, that's huh? it. That's it. For nah, I, I kind of like Chuck's idea. I can okay. see that. I can oh, see I like it the idea. I just don't think it's gonna. I. You know what? If you could pay to make something happen at the Democratic debate that you know wasn't a tragedy or vile, okay? <laughs> it's sad that you have to make that distinction. <laughs> like I would pay real money if someone got so mad at Elizabeth Warren, they looked at her and said, "You know what? Go get me a beer." Enough. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think uh i like that i like that is that a good one you like that one <laughs> i right. like a lot of things to we're gonna stick tonight. around and uh tape some overtime for those of you that are blaze tv subscribers blaze tv.com slash dace if you'd like to subscribe uh use my name dace as a promo code for a reduced subscription for the rest of you back at it again tomorrow noon eastern right after glenn beck john 317 This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.